0: Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. Please enjoy this classic clip which is available in full at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. Let's talk about Pulp Empire. Of course, Pulp Fiction is a Star Wars-esque landmark
1: film. It is, yeah, but it's not just, like, the name is obviously Pulp Empire, but Mm -hmm. the idea was to mash up uh, Tarantino's style, that sense of fun, breaking the fourth wall, text all over the screen, Mm -hmm. really fun music, and smash it together with Star Wars. The the way I felt I could justify it, other than it being a fun idea, was that there's those themes of East meets West in um, Tarantino, like in Kill Bill, Mm -hmm. for example, um, and in Empire, where you've got cowboys and you've also got the mysticism and the buddhism side with yoda and stuff
0: george lucas borrowed heavily from kurosara yep exactly
1: and so the the references are are similar Mm -hmm. uh so it felt like it was going to work i did the the prologue bit first in black and white to try and mirror what's going on in kill bill volume one Mm -hmm. that black and white opening that's in the middle of the action and then you go back and figure out what that was all about yeah um and as soon as that clicked together i was like yeah this is worth doing and yeah pursued with the edit
0: It's very cool. It's so fun. Like, they're two of the coolest things ever. They are. Pulp Fiction or Tarantino films and and Star Wars. Like, when Pulp Fiction came out, I'm not sure how we knew that the film was going to be awesome, but the first, it screened at Southland, which is about a, probably like an hour away from where I grew up in Rosebud, a day early. So, we drove to Southland to watch it. Yeah, right. And loved it so much that we then, it started the next day in Rosebud and we went every day for a week. A full on. Just getting, oh, we were like 20. So it was, yeah. and it was in summer. So we were doing nothing. <laughs> and, but each day we'd get more people to come. Like it would sort of spread. And it was – I remember my – you know, we were like 20 and my friend Clint's girlfriend was 17 and she had to sneak in every night because it was rated R. Yeah, nice one. It was very tight and we all were desperate to get one of those pineapple hamburgers. If McDonald's had hit – if they came out with that pineapple hamburger that summer – would have been on. It would have been. They finally would have found the some Big success. Big
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just love the way that Tarantino takes a genre and hypercharges it. You yeah, know, it just adds in this great music and and snappy dialogue, and suddenly it, it takes a familiar genre and just yeah makes it this
0: mind blowing thing. So it sort of starts with there's I don't, I don't want to spoil too much, but it, it, it does start. The opening scene is pretty much Luke. Uh, hanging from the weather vane. And he's just had the revelation, but we don't know what
1: the revelation is yet. Yeah. So, that it sets up the idea that this is going to be about what was said on that balcony that made him jump. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the themes follow, you know, their relationship and how that all evolves. So, the the way I wanted to Tarantinoize it just generally is, first and foremost, replace all of John Williams' music with music uh, mostly featured in Tarantino films. Mm-hmm which he, of course, borrowed from other films, uh, but also a few other selections just for fun. As well as that, uh, have long-running singular chapters just with the same characters as, as Tarantino tends to do, mm-hmm. broken up with chapter headings, throw text up on the screen, give each like, character a little hero montage uh, and just see what happens. So
0: it was a heap of fun. It's weird that after the, that, the opening bit, the first story goes, it's Luke crashing on Dagobah. Yeah. And you take out a lot of the dialogue that's removed from the the movie. And the first thing that Luke says is to R2, ready for some power. Yeah. And I'd never really taken any notice of that line before, but (laughs) because it's sort of like the first line in your version of the movie, I'm like... Oh, yeah, r getting a little charge here. He's a little <laughs> iPhone getting
1: cranked up. I don't know if you noticed the sound effects are different too in this version because oh, no I didn't. To, re- to replace the music, you have to basically rebuild a lot of the sound design around the dialogue you can keep. So, so can how do you spill. rip out the dialogue without the music? You have to separate the 5.1 surround channels mm-hmm. and generally the center track with all the dialogue on it only has like a minimal amount of music or no music. That's like the goldmine for a fan editor. If you pull out that center track and all you've got is dialogue, but sadly with Star Wars, there's a lot of John Williams music in that center channel. Okay. So you've got to get a bit clever. Like You can put music over the top, but you're still going to hear it. So um, I've just done a remix, actually, of version two now, and uh, I've managed to go in Three and actually, Yeah, and pull out even more of that spill using another program, and I'm finally content to rest, <laughs> let it rest. <laughs>
0: And another, like, obvious huge change is Yoda is subtitled.
1: Yes, that's all Pimei from Kill Bill Volume 2. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was a tedious exercise. It all comes from someone making a suggestion. Hey, why don't you dub out Yoda with Pimei? That'd be funny. And then yeah, cool. But then it's tedious hours upon hours <laughs> of cutting and pasting little bits of dialogue. But, uh, yeah, look, people get a laugh out of it, so I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really cool. The I, I loved in the Phantom Edit how they made the Neymotians have that... That other language. It, That's a good idea. It, yeah. It, it, it makes them a bit less racist. Yeah, it, and it really, there was a, a bit more of that in the original trilogy of just people just dropping some other languages, alien like, languages.
1: Yeah, and and you get humour out of that too because other people can interpret it. Like when Han interprets Chewy or C three PO interprets uh, R two, like it's good. That it's good if you've got a language you don't understand.
0: Yeah, and I always I I, I always love that you know Jabba just talked his own language and. Yeah, wasn't sure. gonna, wasn't gonna dumb it down. Totally, I hope we get more of that. I like that in the the Hoff segment, Luke. It it just starts with him hanging upside down in the Wampa cave, yeah, and he sort of just wakes up and looks around and then sees the Wampa, you know, munching away, and it's it changes the. It's like he's just had the biggest night ever, <laughs> and he's and just after a bender, and he's just like. Whose bedroom's this? Looks Too- over at the womper and like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> Too much blue milk. <laughs> and then has to go on the, the harshest walk of shame ever <laughs> through Hoth. That is such a good interpretation. I love that. <laughs> but just the way he just wakes up and just like because you haven't been filled in with what, what has happened prior, it is quite brutal. I think what makes it so cool, like the whole the whole project is super cool, but there's a few little segments where you could just put them up on YouTube as like like a video clip sort of thing, and the way that Darth Vader is introduced with that is what what font is what movie's font is that is that Kill Bill font? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, I think it's the Pulp Fiction font actually. Uh, okay, yeah. It's just it's so badass. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just. Like just the way it's all been reinterpreted, and you use like some of Ben Kenobi's yeah, yeah, like voiceover talks about. Yeah, in Star Wars. who he is. Yeah.
1: It's uh, *Inglorious Bastards* was the way that's referenced. Um, when uh, Have you seen that movie? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but one of the characters is introduced and it's just like, bang, this big font on the screen. And then you get this little backstory of this kick-ass character and then it returns to the action. I was like, that's awesome. So, Darth deserves such an entrance.
0: Yeah. And so, how long, like many hours do you think you put into doing this? couldn't tell you, but it
1: took me over a year to make the edit. Yeah. Um, I didn't do it full-time, obviously, but um, hours and hours and hours. And, you know, it's a labor of love, though. I, I love it. I love it. It's like adult Lego. I get to just create and yeah. play around and make things um, in a way that I couldn't back then because it requires all this, you know, learning. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's pretty satisfying once it's done. And was this the first one that you did? No, I've done a few before this. I started with Indiana Jones 4, tried to uh, fix that shit heap.
0: Yeah, you should have um,
1: deleted the file. Yeah, almost. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the plan there was to go back and put in the Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack and cut out all the things that made me want to vomit in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, tried that. Um, did an edit of Where the Wild Things Are, um, remixed that, put a whole bunch of new songs in, and uh, Pulp Empire was number three.
0: And... That whole The whole thing with that Indiana Jones film, which I think tells the story, is I've never watched it again. It's gross, yeah. I saw oh. it at the cinema and then, like, yeah. didn't even, when it came out on, on DVD and yeah. Blu-ray, didn't even kid myself that I was going to watch it again and buy it and yeah. have it sit there. Yeah,
1: well, look, I don't know if the edit would help. Um, I think it would a bit, but you, you might not love it still. It's, pretty, <laughs> it's
0: just so bad. Probably the coolest bit of the whole edit is the Luke Jedi training montage to uh, David Bowie's ground control to yeah, Major Yeah, Tom. Cool. It's, it's so... Like, I, I I really don't like juxtaposing Star Wars into modern life. Like, yeah. I, I can't stand the t-shirts where the Stormtrooper's playing the guitar or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, ugh, I just like... Yeah, no. But... To have it reinterpreted Star Wars with this sort of like sort of film clip montage vibe, man, it's cool. Yeah, I love that bit. I
1: mean that that's Luke's story there, and it goes back through A New Hope and all of his, um, yeah, what led him to the point of training with Yoda, and why he's there, and what motivates him. And
0: uh and it's interesting, and maybe has more power because Star Wars doesn't really have flashbacks, mm. and you use a lot of like vision. And dialogue from Star Wars, like in the montage, which Mm. sort of remind you of things that you've you've learnt before about the characters? Mm, totally. I got
1: told off for that bit though uh, because, uh, well, for a few reasons, but one of them was that I'd used the special editions explosions of, of Alderaan and the Death Star. Because, uh-huh. you know, the purists out there are, really enjoyed your edit but how dare you? you put those explosions in? So, in version 2, I've actually put the <laughs> the original explosions back oh,
0: in again. Oh, you've succumbed.
1: Rap. I have, I have. It's, it's, it's pressure. I mean, there's a lot of hate for the special editions, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of hate for everything. Yeah. I heard in your, one of your episodes, you try and keep these things
0: positive. I think that's a good good plan. Yeah, I just... I can just let it go. Yeah. I, I, it's just the one... Like, we've only just met, but there's so much in my life that I can't let go. <laughs> to hear the first...